Welcome to our summary episode of our Cultivating Resiliency for Women in Agriculture podcast series one. The Cultivating Resiliency Project develops tools for women in agriculture to recognize, adapt to, and develop positive coping strategies to life stresses. This podcast series is developed from our Cultivating Resiliency webinar sessions. I'm Megan Roberts, and I co-lead this project along with Doris Mould. Throughout our podcast, we have featured Shauna Reitmeyer and Dr. Brenda Mack as our session hosts. Shauna and Brenda are professionals in behavioral health with family ties to farming. Today, Shauna and Brenda recap our previous episodes, highlighting some of their key tips for resiliency. Shauna will reference the three-legged stool of self-care from some of the earlier episodes. Those three legs are the social relationship leg, the emotional leg, and physical leg. We need all three types of self-care to have a balanced approach to self-care and resiliency. We first hear from Shauna as she reminds us why we have a putting it all together episode. Then Brenda joins the conversation. Because we are recapping, this episode is a bit longer. So settle in for some great tips and conversation. Here's Shauna. Our goal is we wanted to kind of recap and pull out some of the highlights because we really started off talking about stress. Then we moved on with stress. How do you take care of yourself? What are some of those self-care tools? And then how do you keep your cup filled? And how do we build the relationships around us? Because we know how important those relationships are in building resiliency. Um, And then how do you create happiness and joy in your life? Um, So we're going to kind of touch base on each one of these again and highlight some of those. But the intention behind all of this is that we really are looking for you to um, see this as a package of information um, or a, a little gift box that has lots of stuff in that you get to pull out when you when you need it. You know, we know that self-care and the work that, you know, the information that we're talking about, these are really personal decisions that, you know, you find out what works best for you in your own situation that that you're dealing with and what what you're experiencing in your life. And um, we want you to be able to decide what's going to work. This is not intended at all to be prescriptive that, you know, you must do this, you have to do this, you're not going to have self-care if you aren't doing these things, because that's just not true. These, you you really need to find out what's going to work um, for you. I mean, it, it, I've tried things and like, yeah, that just didn't work for me. And now I've got to try something else um, until you find the right thing. And I kind of say that's the same thing with therapist. You know, you got to be able to connect with a, with a therapist or a counselor if you're going to go get help because you really want to engage with that person because you're investing your money, you're expect, investing your time. Um, so find what works for you. We had a discussion about not all stress is, not all stress works against you. Right. That there's definitely uh, uh, positive stress and under those kinds of situations, 
that can be very motivating. So, you know, think about um, the, you know, pressure to get a project done on the farm before the change of seasons. And so that, that you feel some pressure to get that done, but it also motivates you to organize, organize your time in a certain way um, and to maybe break down the tasks that need to be done in order to get that project done. And, and so it can motivate you to complete whatever you need to get completed by a certain time. And so you really, if you think about stress in that way, it can really be something that works for you. Stress can also be something that, you know, tears at your heart and works against you. And some of those kinds of symptoms are things like, you know, feeling so overwhelmed that you don't even know how to tackle a project or you're irritable with your family and your friends, that you're having difficulty sleeping, you're having difficulty eating, that you feel anxious and on edge at all times, or you feel defeated and depleted and sad and depressed. And it really starts to affect your, whatever your typical functioning in life is like, it really to, starts to affect that. And so where you may have, you know, joined in in activities before or you had the ability to get things done and get things done quickly, that you're no longer able to do that. And that's when we start to see the impact of stress on your overall health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that really kicked it off because as we're trying to manage self-care, it's really about how to deal with the stressors that are that are in our lives, mm -hmm. I think. You know, and one of the things that was so um, interesting, and I don't know if we really talked about this in the previous um, webinar, in the first one when we talked about stress, but what what is interesting in some of the research that's coming out is that when we stay in these heightened modes of stress, you know, we have you know, adrenaline that helps, you know, motivate us, stress kicks in, you know, we have stress, we get a little bit of adrenaline, and, you know, that drops when you're done with whatever that situation is. But what we're finding is when people that are in those heightened levels of stress all the time are in that constant kind of fight or flight mode, and that cortisol is that you know, hormone that kicks into the body that um, is in that it it comes out when you're in fight or flight. You know, around stress and some of the impacts that that's having on people managing self care. And so, as we go into thinking about this stool that we've talked about before, is how do we impact all three of the legs of this stool? because they're so interconnected with each other, you know? And when, when that stress becomes negative, well, stress can be both, I mean, right? So we're saying it's both positive and negative. Um, but when it starts to get, that, that stool gets to be a little wobbly, it's trying to find out, is it me and my self-care? Um, and sometimes that stool can be wobbly because the ground underneath you is not very stable. 
And so I kind of use that analogy of the ground that's not stable are probably those things that you don't have control over, like commodity prices and the weather and, you know, the tariffs that are, you know, out there. So you can't control that. Sometimes you can, you know, kind of dig that stool in and get it a little stable by, you know, a little bit of work. Sometimes you have to pick that stool up and move it to a stable ground. Um, but if you know the ground is stable and it's still rocking, maybe it's one of these areas of social, emotional, or physical components in your life that um, that are that's maybe a little bit unsteady. If you remember only one thing from this six-part series, and I had to help identify what that was. It would be this, that connection and relationship with other people is instrumental in helping you to deal with, with stress, um, to, under, to overcome your emotional pain. You know, we are all biologically hardwired to connect with other individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that research shows that there are better outcomes in reducing stress and increasing happiness when you do connect with others and you don't isolate yourself. I want both extroverts and introverts to be thinking, you know, how, who are those people in my life that help to re-energize me? Mm -hmm that um, unconditionally care about me and build me up when I'm having a difficult day, but also celebrate with me when I have something, something exciting to share. So that interpersonal piece and that social, you kind of categorizing it as social because there's the interpersonal within your family, your spouse, your children, your extended family and your friends, are a key piece in that first leg of our stool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and having that, you know, yes, technology works um, when you get to see people, when you're using FaceTime or Skype, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the, the social media, um, you know, we've kind of said this before, interconnectedness isn't about the number of followers that are on Instagram that are following you or you're following. Um, it's really about, can you have that conversation um, with someone that that's trusted? Yeah. And that you, that you really care about. Yeah. We talked about the importance of just a face-to-face -face conversation, yeah. having coffee yeah. with your yeah. friend or your sister, you um, or even, you know, mm -hmm. talking to them on the phone rather than texting and yeah. kind of pushing ourselves to, get back to that place of, you know, how are you connecting face to face? Right. And when that isn't possible, maybe you right. live a couple states away from mm -hmm. that person you want to connect with, you know, you bet. having a telephone conversation. Well, and so this is so interesting as we tie into the next leg of our stool is the emotional piece, because sometimes when the stress gets really high and, mm -hmm. you know, we, we do start sometimes it's easy to start isolating and get disconnected and then we kind of start going into some negative self-talk that sometimes prevent us from 
reconnecting with people like, oh, I haven't talked to my friend in like three months and oh, I don't want to call, I feel guilty. So one of one of the specific strategies and some research that has to do with Martin Siegelman's positive psychology and what you can do to increase um, increase your feelings of happiness. And so one of those specific activities is um, the three good things exercise. And so there's lots of ways that you can do this exercise, but one example is before you go to bed at night, have a notebook next to you or your phone with um, a memo app next to you, and you write down three specific good things that occurred during your day. And you do this every night before you go to bed. And you challenge yourself to change those three good things so that it doesn't come redundant and um, just that you're not really thinking about it, right. but it just and why yeah it kind good? of becomes yeah. a habit instead of mm -hmm. well you want it to become a habit, but you don't want to be it to be this mundane. You're right. just writing the same thing. And research shows that after about three weeks or 21 days, mm -hmm. you start to see your levels of happiness increase. So that emotional component is that other leg of that self care stool that. Um, is really helpful in being resilient. So when stressful times come up, you've got these tools to pull out to be able to use so that the next time a really stressful situation occurs, you're able to bounce back faster. And then that third leg of the stool is that physical component. You know, and we've talked a lot about this sprinkled through all of the webinars is that, you know, how important um, you know, our physical health is because we know that it's all connected. Um, when we're starting to feel stressed, if we, you know, we're not able to bounce back and be resilient right away, um, you know, can lead into anxiety and depression. That leads into physical achiness, that when you don't feel very good, you stop moving and it just starts this spiral. When you do physical activity, it's that natural antidepressant. Those endorphins kick into your body and you, you, know, you start feeling better. Breathing is so important. One, you need to make sure that you're getting oxygen so you can think and process. If you're not breathing and you forget to breathe, you know, make sure that, um, you know, consciously pay attention to that, you know, and then the other with breathing as well is, you know, really focus in on breathing from your diaphragm, you know, because when you're breathing through your chest and just your lungs, you're in that fight or flight kind of mode and you're really not getting your body filled with the oxygen that's needed. And some of the handouts was this four, seven, eight breathing technique. That's a really good strategy to use in stressful times to one, be mindful, get grounded, you're present, you're not thinking of the past, you're not thinking of the future. Drink water, pay attention to what you're putting in your body for food. You know, I think that, um, you know, when we eat, we know what, when we feel good after we eat certain things and when we don't. Um, and sleep is so, so important. I was just heard a segment on NPR the other day um, that was a new study coming with coming out of a sleep study and was finding that people that had five days or more of sleeping five hours or less, at the end of those five days, they had gained five pounds and they had blood levels that were 
um, similar to people with prediabetes. So that physical piece, that three-legged stool, the social, that interpersonal connectedness, the emotional, that self-talk, what are we feeling, and the physical are really those three pillars and, and legs of that stool to try to stay in balance as, as much as you can. Our goal is peace and calm, right? But there's some things that we can do to help us um, in getting there. Relationships is a, a two-way street. It is. And I talk about reaching out to those people who give you energy, who build you up. But as part of that reciprocal process, you know, you foster relationships by also being a good listener. I often tell students that I teach and try to share with my my kids that you want to be a, you want to listen to understand not necessarily to respond. Yeah. You know that I know that I truly feel heard when somebody is, you know, giving me eye contact, giving me those, you know, paralinguistic cues of nodding their head mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, saying mhm mm that I feel heard when I'm getting that nonverbal feedback from, from someone else. And so, again, we just wanted to remind participants of, you know, how do you know that you're engaged in a relationship with somebody that's actively listening and a, and a good listener? And these are, you know, some of the ways that, that you can be evaluating that. You bet. If you're watching your partner or your spouse and you know that they need self-care they should be practicing this you know because we were really good at being able to see what others you know could really benefit from um so this sometimes is a challenge in this act of listening because you want to start asking questions and you want your your spouse to be talking but it really is a go going in you know understanding what your spouse is going through or what are some of the challenges that they're um, they're facing in maybe not wanting to do certain things versus going in with you want you've got that agenda that you want them to be following versus what is it that they really want versus what I want so I find even and you know that's really important for me to always go into those conversations with my with my spouses Am I going in to understand what's going on? Or is it really, I really want him to do this. And um, he doesn't want to do that at that time. And so here's where we get at a little bit as well of how do you, how do you try to engage with your partner? And Brenda, I go to that side by side. I loved your example of a way to kind of come through the side door yeah. to have that conversation. So I don't know if you want to share that again. Sometimes having more of a side-by-side -side conversation where you are walking with your friend um, mm -hmm. on your farm and you don't have to look at them directly in the eye or you're walking with your husband um, on your ranch and you can have a conversation about, you know, um, I'm really concerned about you. You seem to be distant lately. And I'm wondering if you're stressed and I, I'd just really like to hear about it. And so you can pose some of those open-ended questions and see what kind of response you get back without that person having to look you in the eye and either feel like I'm not supposed to be talking about this. 
I'm supposed to be pulling myself up by my bootstraps and dealing with this, that it just maybe takes away one of the barriers to having that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are just some examples here that you can use to try to open the door for that conversation. And I would encourage people to read Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages because knowing the way your partner responds and connects with you will be another way to open that door for conversation. Two other specific suggestions are um, mindfulness or contemplative exercises mm -hmm. that, you know, there's certain apps on phones nowadays that, you know, there's a Happify app and there's a Calm app that you can mm -hmm. go through some daily exercises that don't take mm -hmm. a long time and that, Five um, minutes. yeah, help to, that, yep. you know, help you to quiet your mind, right. which quiets your um negative self-talk mm -hmm. patterns um it can quiet your anxiety thoughts and uh increase yeah. your resiliency mm -hmm. thoughts and language yeah. and then random acts of kindness there's research about you know doing random acts of kindness that don't cost money mm -hmm. um for other people such as shoveling sidewalks or um i know of Farmers who, if there's been a health issue with another farmer in the community, they've helped them bring in the crop at harvest. Mm -hmm. It's those kinds of acts of kindness that can also help you increase your happiness levels. If doing some of these things that we've talked about around building your self-care, you know, are isn't working and you're having a hard time self-motivating your own action, that's maybe the time where you want to reach out and, and ask for help. And that could be talking to your doctor. That could be going to see a counselor or a therapist. It could be talking to a pastor. It could be reaching out to your friend and that interconnectedness, self-connectedness piece as well. So it just really, it, you know, that's where it starts. You know, are you aware and paying attention to um, what's going on with you? Thanks for joining us on this Cultivating Resiliency for Women in Agriculture podcast series one. As we close this episode, I want to paraphrase something Brenda said. There is one key thing to remember about building resiliency it is that connection and good relationships are instrumental to helping us deal with stress. If we think back to the strategies for resiliency shared today, the overarching theme could be described as relationship building. From the relationship we have with others to the relationship we have with ourselves and our own emotions. Maybe you start a journal sharing three good things at the end of the day with yourself privately or sharing three good things in conversation with your family. Perhaps you try going out for a walk using the side-by-side -side conversation strategy the next time you need to communicate a difficult topic with your partner or a friend. Maybe it's being kind to yourself by getting extra sleep, drinking water and eating healthy foods, or taking an extra moment for self-care. Perhaps you identify you need additional assistance in your journey to resiliency and establish a professional relationship to seek assistance from a doctor or mental health provider. All these tips are aimed at finding what's right for you to boost your resiliency enabling you to bounce back in the face of adversity 
and be more flexible in the emotional ups and downs of farming. We thank you for joining along this series. This project is a collaboration of American AgriWomen, District 11 AgriWomen, University of Minnesota Extension Women in Ag Network, and the Upper Midwest Agricultural Safety and Health Center, UMASH. You may find the recordings for an entire webinar series on the UMASH or American AgriWomen websites under Cultivating Resiliency.